This episode and this season is sponsored by Go Study. If you're super unsure about how to live in Australia, maybe you've done a teeny tiny little bit of research and you still can't find a visa that would suit your lifestyle or suit the way that you want to live here in this country, then Go Study may be able to help you with this process. The studying abroad may be your best option. It sounds expensive, but it turns out Go Study have partnerships with colleges across five different locations around Australia that will find you a course that is dead cheap for you and easy on your time. For instance, I study one day a week, which leaves me with six other days of freedom to work, travel, see as much as I want of this beautiful country. If you think you want to gain further education in a specific area or you're looking for options to work but don't know how to get there, then head on over to downunderdiariespodcast.com and click on the pop-up window that will take you to the Go Study website. It helps me and it helps Go Study too. Anyways, onwards with the episode. Welcome to the Down Under Diaries, a podcast for the keen traveller or mover. Joined by me, Rosa, a teeny tiny Brit living here in Melbourne. Together on this podcast, we will chat about what life is like abroad, past challenges I faced and how you can overcome them, but also present struggles I'm currently dealing with and what we can do together to feel safe and excited about our journeys ahead. Like a diary, opportunities and difficulties unfold for me on a daily basis. So join me in figuring them out. Hola, my friend. I hope you have a wonderful week and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is veering off the track. We haven't really done something like this before, nor have I ever seen anything like this before. And this will all make sense at the end. Today, we're talking about something that is culturally significant in Australia. And I think you should definitely know what this is before coming over. So you are best equipped with all the knowledge you need to attend any sporting event as such. Today, we are going into AFL. AFL is a ball-based game, but it has elements of multiple different sports. Football or soccer, depending on what you call it, rugby, basketball, wrestling, the list goes on. I recently went to my first ever AFL game. My friend had a spare ticket and I thought this was the perfect time to see what this was all about. I skipped on down to the MCG on a beautiful Saturday afternoon to find out as much as I could in one afternoon about this sport. Now, to be completely honest, I ain't no team sport fanatic. There's not really any teams that I follow in particular. I'm kind of just a wafter. I waft around. I see what's potentially interesting to me. Might follow it for a few months or so. And then I'll go off to something else. And that's just how I live. I've always been an individual sport fanatic. I've always done individual sports. And maybe that's just because, low-key, I am not built to do anything in teams. But anyways... This is the perfect episode for anybody that wants to know about AFL but doesn't need to be a fan about it. Just having the knowledge there so you can sit back and relax and understand why everybody loves it so much. So here we go. What is AFL? Why is it so popular in Australia? And shall we find out why all the men have mullets? Because I need to talk about this. They all have mullets and it's a bit weird. But anyway, let's go. AFL, or better known as... Australian Football League. 
Australian Football League. Is the most popular sport known in Australia. In fact, it's the most attended domestic sports league in the world per capita, with over 100,000 people attending last year's final here in Melbourne at the MCG. And it's also the highest attendance since 1986. So it's really made a comeback in the last few years, especially after Miss Rona. We won't talk about her name anymore. During 2022, there was also 125 million people watching the entire season. So it's pretty apparent. It's pretty fucking popular here in this country. So why? Why is it so popular? In today's episode, we are joined by many willing AFL fans who spoke to me recently outside the MCG before watching the Saturday afternoon game. This was also the first time I made a public appearance as a podcaster. And not going to lie, it was pretty damn scary to start off with. I haven't done this kind of presenting in a long time since uni. So I had to cultivate some confidence beforehand. But sooner rather than later, I was in the flow. And I'm super grateful and thankful for all of the voices that you can hear today. And for my wonderful friends who joined me at the MCG for helping record these responses. Why is it so popular in Australia? Because it's the best game in the world. There's lots of scoring, there's lots of action, there's lots of big marks, it's chaotic, and it goes for ages, so you've got a whole afternoon. absolutely love the atmosphere. First time being here as well, and I can, I can see why people are here, I can see why people come out, and yeah. The Hawks, go Hawks! <laughs> and, and while I'm here, go Hawks! <laughs> It works very similar to football or rugby in the UK. You find communities, you find those teams within those communities and you become a fan and you support them to the end. Even if they're coming last in the league, you will still support them because you love them so much. At the moment, we're doing P for participation. Uh, We rock up, we have a great go, but we all know um, we start, this is like where we started 10 years ago at the bottom and we're going to get to the top eventually. AFL currently houses 18 teams in the men's league and 17 teams in the women's league, which also got started up in 2017, which I'm super proud about. 18 in the men's league is soon to be 19 because Tasmania, the tiny little island outside of Australia at the bottom, is officially joining soon as their own. The majority of these teams are actually found in Melbourne and it was hard not to realise the importance of AFL to the surrounding people and their communities. Melbourne is big on AFL with multiple games happening on weekends at separate different locations. And it's also very family orientated. In fact, the team that we were supporting on this Saturday afternoon, Hawthorne, no one come for me, please. I got a free scarf and I like the scarf. It's warm and it's colourful. Hawthorne is known to be a family-orientated team, which brought together a lot of families on this Saturday afternoon. In fact, there were more children, I think, than adults at this game. Many were supporting Hawthorne, and also many were on the pitch at half-time playing mini-games, and it was so good to see such an incredibly inviting culture for the younger community. However, the pitch that they play on is very different to the UK. It's not rectangular. No, they don't have corners. In fact, the pitch is an oval shape. They play in a circle. Bit weird though, isn't it? Well, it's actually oval. Oh! Yeah, it's oval because originally they used to play it on cricket grounds. It's oval because um, the NCG, which is where we're at, is originally a cricket ground, Melbourne cricket ground, MCG. Um, so when football or AFL was created, they're just like, where do we play it? Um, everywhere in Victoria has an oval, so we'll just 
chip it on the oval. The first few games of AFL were actually played on school fields, which were just lined with trees and the pitch was generally rectangular. Until two games were played on the MCG in 1869, Cricket clubs didn't like the fact that they were ruining the turf, so they decided to refuse entry and any more games of AFL being played until popularity increased. And up until this point, it's always been played on an oval. But the oval changes in shape and size depending on the location and whereabouts you are in Australia. This ain't good news for AFL players, however, especially if the distance between one side all the way to the other side varies in distance every single time you play. AFL is very different to other sports, and it's basically, in my opinion, a blend of multiple different ones. It's a blend of soccer, or football as we call it, rugby, basketball, and Quidditch if they made their goals circular, but we'll get to that later. On the pitch at any given time, there are 16 to 18 players, and just like other sports, it has defenders, attackers, or forwards, and midfielders. But they can all move anywhere, they don't have restrictions, so they move anywhere across the pitch whenever they want to. This is why some people consider them as some of the fittest athletes going, because they have this ability to run everywhere and everywhere. They usually have one other partner that they are teamed up with from the opposite team that they must attack or defend at all times. So there is no player that is left out on the pitch. They are all coupled up like Love Island. But this is why it makes it look so chaotic when you watch it. In fact, when I was there, it looked like an absolute rampage on the pitch. Turns out they can just go wherever they want to. Now, here's the juicy stuff. This is how you win an AFL game. I asked the AFL fans within 30 to 60 seconds, how does someone win an AFL game? And what are the basic rules that we need to know? Get the ball kick it forward, go through the big post. Don't let it start moving. Don't let anyone grab you while you've got the ball and trying to kick it to one of your mates. And do not let the ball start moving. And do, yeah, do not, do not turn it into an American sport where you slow down and take a break. Yeah, there's no stops. It's no stopping. Deal. Kick it through the big sticks. You, get it, you kick your goal. Oh, they want to put the ball through those little stand thingies. Stand thingies and, and, and I guess if you go through that X number of points are awarded to your team or whatever and Yeah, I'm more of a soccer kind of guy. They're not lying. You kick it through some sticks and you win. That's pretty much it. But a little bit more detail. There are four sticks on the pitch that each block off a section that is called a goal. Get it through one of the outer sections or through the smaller sticks and you will gain one point. Get it through the two taller center sticks and you will score six points. And the team that has the most points at the end, obviously, is the winner. But I think, and look, hear me out, hear me out. I think that the sticks are boring. They're just sticks in a ground. Why can't you add the circle on top? It makes it fun and it makes it look like Quidditch. They're not flying. I mean, I would pay good money to see them fly. But just make it cooler, you know? So how does one get your points? How do you get it through these posts? Well, there are two main ways to score. I'm not going to go into every other way because it's just going to get super complicated and we don't need that information. We're going for basics here. We're going from the ground level upwards. Now, here's the drill. Compared to rugby, you can't actually throw the oval-shaped ball. You actually have to punch it out of your hand, which is called a handball, and that does count. So you can pass it in between your team members, but you can't throw it. And in comparison to basketball, you can actually run with the ball, but every 15 metres, you have to bounce it on the floor. It's basketball. If you have the ball and you decide to kick it and it goes super far because you're super strong and powerful and it flies over 15 metres and it is caught, that is called a mark. 
A mark can be played on as normal and just run around and try and get it to the goal. Or you can actually stop and take an unobstructed kick into the goal, which is what a lot of players do. And then you have a chance at shooting it through the posts or the Quidditch if you change it. AFL, I hope you're listening. If the player scores, then you go back to the centre of the pitch and the game restarts all over again. And that's it. It's a cycle that goes on for four quarters, each one around roughly 20 minutes. But you can be in a game or sat in a stadium for up to two hours. It's long and this is why the players have to be ready to full on frickin pelt it for nearly two hours. It's tiring. It sounds tiring just thinking about it. However, it is pretty frickin rough. And I'm talking rougher than rugby. At least rugby has a lot more restrictions on the way that you can tackle someone. AFL, you can do lots of different tackles that I would think if when if you see them, they just look a bit dangerous. I'm not going to lie. That's just my opinion. Why is it that I swear in AFL, you can kick, but you can tackle, but you can like handle the ball as well you can throw it like there's so many different things I don't understand what's correct and what's not correct is it just beating people to the ground (laughs) I guess (laughs) but no one understands it's basically like a combination of every single sport in this so as long as you don't get suspended it's good to go in AFL players don't have to wear pads and it's also not mandatory for them to wear gun shields either so the way that they play is exactly however they want to and the risk is down to them opponents can bump people out of the way they can tackle them to the ground or they can launch themselves onto the shoulders of their opponent to get the ball i'm not making that up it's called a name don't need to know about it today but they can literally fly they should play quidditch they can fly off the top of an opponent So after a little bit of research, it wasn't surprising that there is currently a lawsuit against AFL from a former AFL player for the long-term health concerns of playing the sport, from consistent concussions, head tackles, and not enough support or restrictions on these rules. Currently, there are 60 players signed up to take legal action and seek compensation for the negligence of AFL. This may end up resulting in rules changing, which is apparently a pretty consistent thing that happens after every season what are the rules of afl i have literally hardly any idea because they change so often now i'll be completely honest i didn't really understand any of this information when i first went in fact it all just went over my head the first time but after a little bit of time watching what looked like a battlefield and willing men just bashing into each other it was starting to make sense And it didn't take me long to properly get into the game. In fact, I was really nervous at some stages. Oh, yeah. Get it. Get it. Run. No. 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 Run. No. Yeah. Yeah. Run. 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 Ah. That was shocking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. Run. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I'll also be completely honest here. I wasn't really focusing on the game as such, maybe towards the end because it was getting quite tense. But a lot of the players were sporting some pretty questionable fashion choices. And this is just coming from me not being used to this kind of 
choice. I'm talking about the majority of players sporting mullets. A mullet, if you are unsure of what this is, is a hairstyle whereby a portion of the hair is left to grow super duper long whilst other sections, typically around the side or underneath, are shaven. I asked fans why they were so popular. And why do all of the players have mullets? Oh. That's just a new thing. That's just men. They always approve that. Men. So it's not like just an cycles. AFL. It's just Australian men coming in cycles. They're bringing the 80s back and the 90s back. Do you like them? I hate them. I think they're so <laughs> ugly. I think they're so ugly, but like, whatever. The normies like them, so go for it. Why? I don't know why this became a trend in Australia, but it's not great. And it's only in Australia, basically. Being at my age, it just looks like when I was a teenager. It is mad. So many, yeah. The memories come back. It's AFL players can pull it off when, just fine. When I was but the dudes out here... I think it's great. I think it's making a comeback. And I think it's well-deserved. It has its place. You are the first person to say something positively about these mullets. Well, I mean, I don't have that, much, that, that great of hair myself. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not one to shoot down any kind of hairstyle, really. <laughs> Mullets have been commonly and funnily described as a business in the front and a party at the back. And I'm not going to dwell on that quote, nor try and explain why, but it's funny. Turns out, I think there is no specific reason why they are just coming back into fashion. I think it's just a trend within AFL players and Australians in general. In fact, just like flared jeans taking over from skinny jeans, it's a fashion choice. So... If you want a mullet, get it. Do I like it? I'm not going to comment. And that's it from me. That's everything I think you need to know before attending your first ever AFL game. And I hope that this makes it a little less confusing when you do end up going. I do recommend you do, though, because the atmosphere is incredible. The community is something else. And tickets are dead cheap when you're in Melbourne. So get yourself ready. Buy a really cheap scarf, choose whatever team you want to support and scream, shout, rage and be a part of something that is Australian. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I am back here every Sunday releasing new episodes about the new challenges that you face here in Australia. And I hope that I've helped you with one challenge today. I'll see you next week. Bye bye. Now, I'm talking to AFL specifically here, but I honestly think that you should change those goals to circles. Wouldn't it make it loads harder? Like, my mum could play AFL if she wanted to. It's too easy. Make it more difficult. Have them flying around on sticks. Now, that is something that I would pay really good money for. I'd probably buy a season's pass just to see that. With mullets as well, flying around in the wind. It's a no-brainer. Hear me out.